For those of you thinking of actually starting a podcast, Anchor might just be the thing for you. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's basically the easiest way to make a podcast. Just give me a second. Let me explain a little bit. First off, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't have to be super savvy with editing software. God knows I'm not. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's huge. We love that. Also, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Why do you think we use it? All right. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Dairy Isle. It is I, your incredibly handsome and bearded host, Eli. It's happy. I'm very happy to have you back. It's not happy. Well, the podcast could, if it was sentient, probably be happy to have you guys back. But mainly me, the only sentient creature here, I'm the one that's happy to have you back. Uh, I'm sorry that we've, uh, we haven't spoken in quite some time, but as I told you guys when we were starting this up again, the new schedule is going to be a little bit farther apart. However... The mad scientist, a.k.a. Millie, our producer, uh, was actually going over some of the the, uh, the data with me, the, the stats, if you will. Um, there is a not insignificant chance that in the future we might revert back to the two episodes a month uh, deal. So like one every one episode every two weeks, because it appears that we have enough time in our schedule to, you know, to knock out some of these shorter, like, 25, 35-minute episodes and still have time to edit them and, and publish them for you guys. Um, I'm going back to school because, you know, that kind of stuff's important. So that might maybe put a damper on it, but we'll see. Who knows? In the meantime, though, we are going to get right into it with, of course, 10 items or less. So a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, pretty much... I want to say I put these in order of least important to most important, and they kind of are, but it's really what's important to you folks. Uh, so first off, I was reading this morning that apparently Putin has said no to GMOs being shipped and or grown in Russia. Um, I am just constantly confused by that country and its leader. Um, it's In the last episode, I discussed that he apparently wanted his military to construct nuclear-powered stealth torpedoes to create radioactive tsunamis to destroy, presumably, the United States. And now he's like, no, we only grow organic food here. So, And I think that was like an actual quote from the story they read where he, was, he said, and I'm paraphrasing his quote, but it was like, there's more than enough space in Russia for us to grow healthy organic food for our citizens. So like at the same time that he's being a Bond villain, you know... You can be bad guy and not be, you know, bad guy, as Zangief would say. So, uh, moving on from there, to all my peeps living in Florida and any of the other states on the eastern seaboard that get affected by this stuff, and really to any of our listeners who are in areas that are affected by hurricanes, uh, I'd like you to know that the Atlantic hurricane season starts in one month, or well, actually a little less than a month, it starts June 1st, 
Uh, I'm recording this a uh, couple days after the 1st of May. So, you know, I mean, listen, this could be another one of those hurricane seasons where they're like, we're all going to die and nothing happens. Or it could be one of those hurricane seasons where they're like, nothing's going to happen. You guys are panicking. And it's category five hurricane after category five hurricane, like an apocalyptic level of rain will come down. That being said, if you're smart, start making your hurricane supply lists now and start buying your supplies little by little so you don't have to compete with all the, you know, blonde, long acrylic gel nailed Westchester moms. And for those of our listeners who live in places that don't have an area called Westchester or Hispanic people, you guys get to deal with all the Karens. So, you know, congrats. Um, But seriously, buy your water, buy your batteries. Um, I'd say wait a little bit to buy food. You don't want to, you know, unnecessarily have stuff sitting there for a month before the season even starts. But definitely, like, get your batteries. If you're into, like, glow sticks, remember that if if your batteries ever die and your power goes out, you can take a glow stick and put it in a glass of water, and it'll turn into basically a lantern. Um, So, you know, a little survival pro tip. Um, Make sure you guys buy candles, matches, uh, flashlights. If you need a little storm radio, now would be the time to order that shit off Amazon before, you know, the people start price gouging us because we're going to die. Um, stuff like that. Uh, if your car needs, you know, new tires or new repairs or you need new windshield wipers, start taking care of that shit now, just in case, because you never know what storm season might bring. And we should act like veterans of storm season here in Florida. This shit should never catch us by surprise. And yet somehow inevitably it always does. That's it for my hurricane PSA. Um, moving on to something that has nothing to do with hurricanes. I just saw the new Tom Clancy movie on Amazon prime video. And I have some words for Michael B. Jordan. Um, he's not—he's uh, not a great actor. I don't—I'm gonna say it, uh, and, that might, and that might be a hot take, maybe not. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's the script writing that failed him, or like the director's vision that failed him as a as a character, as an actor. But like, the character that he's supposed to play is a classic in the Tom Clancy, like Jack Ryan universe, if you're into that. Um, and I like, I don't have a problem with it being the first time there's ever been a, you know, uh, an African American playing this character. That is, I don't really care. That, that has no bearing on the actual character itself, but it's just like, God, Michael B. Jordan, you suck. And like his, the way he delivers lines is just so fucking cringy. There's a line at one point in the movie, which I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say it because it reveals nothing about the plot. But one of the other characters is like, "Where have you been?" And he legit was like, "I had to go ghost." And I swear, if my eyes had rolled back any faster into my head, they would have entered orbit around our planet. It was that bad. But otherwise, what was really important, if you're into the Tom Clancy universe in any way, um, just stay after the credits. You might be sort of rewarded. We'll see. Um, it was almost as bad as season two of Jack Ryan, the one that takes place in, in Venezuela. That shit was bad. That was, I could have done without that season. Anyways, something else I saw on Sunday, I got to see the Portuguese uh, Grand Prix of Formula One. If you're into racing or Formula One in any way and uh, you didn't catch it, you can always go to the Formula One YouTube channel and they should have the highlights from the race. Not that I can imagine there will be many considering that it was a really really boring race which is weird because portugal 
actually has a really good track um, with a ton of elevation. Um, they have a lot of good dips. It was just really windy. I mean, there were some, there were some corners. I think it was turn 14 or turn four. One of the two, I forget. One of them is like a, it crests like at the top of a big hill. And there was some drivers getting reports from engineers that they were getting 30 mile an hour crosswinds hitting their race cars like broadside while they were up there. The fact that nobody like had a pretty shitty accident because of it is pretty amazing. Um, I think that's a testament to the driver's skill and how well those cars are built, but still boring race. Um, hopefully the next one should be hopefully more fun. We'll see. Formula one is not as exciting as it used to be, but whatever it is what it is. Sticking with the theme of formula one though, and to round out 10 items or less, uh, for those of you who have never seen a formula one race on TV or live, if you haven't seen one live, I can forgive you because the majority of the calendar takes place in Europe and Eurasia. But we have, I think, like one race here in the U.S., which is at the Circuit of the Americas in Texas. However, that's finally changing because Formula One is coming to Miami, baby. We're finally going to have our Formula One race that we've been asking for for so long. Um, it's going to be the 11th U.S. venue to have hosted a round of Formula One in 2022. Um, the race, which is set to be the first since 1959 uh, here, will be held on an exciting new layout at the Hard Rock Stadium Complex in Miami Gardens, of all places, which is actually home to the NFL's Miami Dolphins franchise. Uh, the exact date of the race hasn't yet confirmed, and I actually emailed uh, the, what's it called, F1Experience.com, uh, which is, I guess, their like their like race fan tourist sort of uh, outfit, and I asked them for information, and they're like, all we can do is confirm that it's coming in 2022, but we don't know when. Um other than that, uh, F1 president Stefano, uh, I think I'm pronouncing his last name. Uh, he's he's the, become the recent, I think, Formula One president. Uh, Stefano Domen Domenicali uh, said that he expects the first race in a 10-year deal to take place in the second quarter of 2022. So we'll see just how accurate that is. Uh, the circuit itself is actually going to be 5.4 kilometers. Uh, I think that works out to like something in the neighborhood of like 3.94-ish miles. Um, it's going to have 19 corners, three straights, and a potential for three DRS zones. For those of you that have never seen a Formula One race, that's basically just a fancy way of saying that there's going to be three areas on the track where the back wing or the spoiler, if you will, of the Formula One car can actually open. It's got like a little flap that opens and it lets more air through. Um, so there isn't as much downforce pushing the car down, but the car does get to go faster. So that's going to hopefully lead for, to some pretty nice lap times and maybe even some pretty cool overtakes we'll see uh other than that um hard rock stadium is a multi-purpose sports and entertainment hub which has hosted six super bowls two world series and innumerable rock concerts since it was actually built um it's going to sit actually at the center of the track they won't use it i mean that'd be kind of interesting to have formula one cars driving through the track but you know whatever we'll get we'll take what we can get um Outside of that, I think the only thing that's going to be really interesting, and this is something that Millie brought up, is what in the name of God are they going to do with parking? Because, uh, and we'll we'll put a, a picture of the proposed uh, track layout on our Instagram. If you're going to look really closely at where the checkered flag is in the direction of where the race starts, there's two huge-ass squares. That's like 99% of the parking for Hard Rock is going to be taken up by the track so unless they let people park in there which i doubt that's probably gonna be where the teams are gonna park this is gonna be a nightmare for parking 
Um, other than that, I'm pretty sure it'll be cool. But then again, it's Miami, so it's probably going to be a disaster. Anyways, I'm going to let you guys take a quick break after that. Go pee, go grab a snack, take the dogs for a walk, go yell at somebody. If you're in traffic, commit an act of road rage. You have my permission. Um, but when we come back, we're going to get down to the meat of the episode. And I think for those of our listeners who are a little more advanced in their age, and by that I mean my age, so 30s and above, this might this might actually kind of hit home a little bit. Not in a bad way. It's going to be kind of interesting. I promise. All right, folks. And I'm back. And if you can hear that scratching noise, that's our studio dog, Molly, begging to be let out of the room because she's a diva. Um, so we're going to wait to do that. And in the meantime, you'll get to hear just how much WD-40 our studio door needs. So uh, just be right back. You guys might actually enjoy this. Hold on. It's gonna be, it needs a lot of WD-40, I promise. You might be able to hear it. Hold on. I opened it slowly for dramatic effect, but still. Just want you guys to know that's the thing. All right. Anyways, sorry about that. So, a thought crossed my mind recently. I don't know why, uh, well, like why it happened. And I, I think I was sitting in traffic or something after work. No, I lie. I know when this thought came to me. Uh, Mills and I recently went to go visit my parents um, for the weekend. And I think it was on the trip back that we were on the highway and it was just one of those like lulls in between the conversation where there's just silence and my brain has to fill that silence with something. And since I, you know, I've, I can only sing the Tide song so many times, eventually the silence gets filled with, you know, things that are kind of important or meaningful. And one of those things was that it kind of dawned on me that like as a kid, I remember seeing my parents and like, you know, other other guardians in my life, like my grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, my godparents, things like that. But like real ass adults. And they were doing things that at that time completely mystified me. Um, one of the things that came to mind was how they figured out directions and they knew how addresses worked. No GPS. Nothing like not even a Tom Tom or anything like that, or Garmin, nothing. There were times that I remember sitting in, like, my mom's minivan or, like, later when she upgraded to a bigger SUV or sitting in my dad's old car and, like, us going somewhere, like, going to... And I'm like, not even, like, uh, dropping me off at a friend's house, for instance, like, during summer break or some shit like that. And then being like, oh, what's the address? And I'd be like, oh, hold on, let me grab the note because I wrote this down when we were at home. And I'd hand them the note and there'd be an address and it'd say whatever, like... 8558, you know, Southwest a Million Street or whatever. And I'd give that to them at the house and they'd be like, yeah, okay, I kind of know where that's at. And I'm like, all right. And away they would, and they would just drive in a direction with purpose. Like there was no like, oh man, where am I? No, no, no. They'd get, and then it's when we got to the neighborhood that they'd be like, have you ever been to this person's house before? I'm like, no, I have no idea what it looks like. They told me it's a yellow house. And then you get there and all the houses are the same shade of yellow. Welcome to Miami. And... They'd see an address. They'd be like, oh, that's 8371. They'd look at a house, one, right? And they'd be like, 8371. And then they'd drive a little forward, and the next one would be like, 8375. And they'd be like, got it. The house's numbers are going up on the right side, and then they're going down on the left side, which means that this house is due west, like a quarter block. And I'm like, how the fuck? How did you know that? 
This is the equivalent of them sticking their finger out the window, like licking it. I mean, like, mm-hmm. wind direction due east at 3.4 knots. Right, the house is over there across the hill. And as a kid, I was like, how? How? I just, I'm literally made of questions. Or like, we would, I, I, oh man, I remember our first family trip, uh, like, a, like a big family trip. I was nine, eight, nine years old. This is like 98, 99 around there. We decided to spend uh, our winter break in North Carolina. And we stayed on Beach Mountain because uh, I think there was also like a ski resort there or whatever. And not like a fancy ski resort. It was a ski resort for, you know, like mortals with, uh, you know, paychecks and things like that. And I think at the time in like 98, 99, I believe maybe MapQuest existed. I don't, I'm not sure. What I do know is that my my mother and father at one point, like the week before we left, when they had secured the reservation, um had taken out a giant map of the state of Florida and then a map of the U.S., right? And my dad, on the map of the state of Florida, I have this memory of watching him with a red Sharpie literally highlighting the route that we had to take, which if I was going to take the same route that he took, I would just take Turnpike northbound, right? I-75, just go, right? You'll eventually get somewhere important. Um but they didn't have GPS or any of that stuff. I don't even think they had MapQuest the first time we went. And Google Maps sure as shit didn't exist. But it dawned on me later on in life. And as I was thinking about this, they're like, holy shit, that guy was planning out his own route. And it it kind of like, what confused me was like, I get it. You're going to go north. And if you just stay on 75 north, you'll eventually get to North Carolina. But like, I've never really looked at a map of, of that vintage long enough or for, you know, with any real attention to go, hmm, right here on the highway, does it ever indicate where the exit is? They just knew. They're like, oh, well, you just follow the signs. That mentality is insane to me. I'm like, no, why? I have this little glass rectangle in my pocket will tell me where to go. And if you've got a nice enough car, your little glass rectangle will communicate with the bigger, angrier glass rectangle in the center of the dash, and that'll tell you where to go and play music and control your air conditioning all at the same time. And you don't have to do shit. Just drive. Don't worry. It'll tell you what to do. But, like, just stuff like that, like them just knowing directions. Like, I've, you know, and I, it's not like a skill or anything like that anybody should be proud of. There should be something that everybody knows how to do. But, like, I remember when I was at Home Depot and even with Mills sometimes, like blowing people away that I know what I naturally know what direction north, south, east and west is. Like I just know where my cardinal directions are. Um, It's not like an internal compass. I mean, I'm using references. So I'm like, I'm looking at like, where's the where did the sun come up and what direction is traffic moving in, depending on what street I'm at or, you know, what intersection am I on and what way am I facing? Like, those are the indicators that I use to tell me what the cardinal direction is. I'm not like a bird. I can't just, like, be like, oh, my magnetic compass is telling me I'm facing north. It doesn't work like that. But, yeah, there's sometimes, like, I'm I'm still blown away that there's people that don't know what direction north or south is, you know? I, It's crazy to me. I'm like, you wouldn't survive w- without your phone. You'd die. You'd die instantly. Just pass out and die. Um, other things that my parents did as a child, uh, that I know, I now know as a, as a, you know, a fortunate 
homeowner is like, my dad and mom just knew how to fix things in the house. And I mean, I know now that it was trial and error, but as a child, I'm like, how the fuck? And even though, well, you know, when I take that back, as an adult, still kind of impressed because they didn't have YouTube or anything. There were no TikTok videos like, hey, check out this video, and you're going to learn how to redo your plumbing with two sticks of gum and a bottle of hand sanitizer. And you're like, I didn't know you could do that. That's amazing. But like, my parents did like real ass shit. They'd be like, hey, we're going to put up a fence or we're going to redo the kitchen or something. And like, yeah, they'd contract somebody, but they'd be in there doing stuff too. And I'm like, I, that's terrifying to me. I No. Mm-mm. I'm going to look that shit up on YouTube. I'm going to look at tutorials. And then I'm going to gauge my own skill level. And if not, well, guess what? I'm saving up money to contract somebody because there's no way I'm going to break this shit permanently. You know? Perfect example. I have in our laundry closet, um, there is a like a rectangular like gash, you know, that was cut intentionally to fit the old washer and dryer machine um, before we moved in. It's done by the previous owner. When the machines died and we pulled them out, like we, you know, we saw that that thing was back there. And we're like, oh, well, we're going to get new machines, but they're going to be a little bit smaller. So we don't need to have that that hole there. So we might as well patch that up. I've never installed drywall before. Had it been my dad? I mean, granted, he had a you know a background in construction, but I feel like people in his generation, men and women equally, would have been like, fuck it, let's just go to like Ace Hardware or Home Depot, we'll buy some drywall and some sticks, and we'll, you know, we'll figure this shit out. And they do it, and it might not look pretty, but they do it. And me, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to check this shit out on YouTube. I'm going to go, oh, that's Molly trying to escape. I'm going to check this stuff out on YouTube. I'm going to look at tutorials. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to really try to figure this out because otherwise I don't feel comfortable doing it. They just didn't give a shit. They just went all out, which to me is really impressive. So props to them for that. Um, also, like things that we take for granted, like banking. My parents didn't have mobile banking at all. Like they got a paycheck and then they had to take their happy ass to the bank and deposit that check and then wait some time for that uh Wait some time for that check to be deposited and for the money to be available. And they had to balance their checkbook. That's, bro, that's bananas to me. Like, balancing your checkbook. Like, I just have the out-of-glance shit. I can just open my, my banking app and be like, right, all right, that's how much I have in my account. I don't, have to, I don't have to balance anything. It does it for me. You know? Which, I kind of love that that's, in a, in a very weird roundabout way, I like that that's a, a great way to throw it back in our old math teachers' faces when they're like, in college and when you're an adult, you're not always going to have a calculator with you. Yeah, the fuck I'm not. Like, calculator, camera, fucking ruler, a level, a phone, a radio. I mean, you name it, I got it. And it's all in that little glass rectangle. So, you know. Speaking of little glass rectangles, though. Another thought crossed my mind a couple days ago. And I think it was a an ad for a YouTube channel or something. I don't remember what the hell it was that prompted me to see it, but it was basically a bunch of younger people doing the whole, like, van life thing. And it got me thinking, what is it about millennials? Like, why is it that we want to go back to basics? Or get back to basics, I should say, is the term. And get back to living off the land so badly. Why is that? It's not necessarily only millennials. There are Gen Xers that want to do it. Um, hell, there's even, you know, the, the, the baby boomers that want to do it. Um, 
I'm sure that even some members of Gen Z, some of the older members of Gen Z, um, as old as they, I think, could be technically to qualify to be in that generation, some of them have even, you know, expressed interest. And I was kind of like spitballing this idea with Mills a little bit before the show, um, and she she brought up a good point that it's our, it, it might just be our phones. Like, we are so tied into social media and shopping and just this like constant cycle of consumerism and being stuck in living the city life and going out and having you know multiple you know multiple different groups of friends or having a big group of friends and constantly being entertained with movies and shows and video games and like what's the latest gossip and what's happening in the news and all that shit that like I think a lot of people are just at a very young age because it's a lot and like you're bombarded with it you know you know really early on that you get burned out you know in the time that it took the the baby boomers to get burned out which a lot of them were probably getting burned out in their you know like late 40s early 50s around there where they had just muck fucking had it with this this life um which would explain a lot of you know midlife crises where people would sell everything and buy an rv or buy a sports car or decide that they were going to get a divorce and you know date somebody 30 years younger than them who knows um I think a lot of that stems from realizing that we are stuck in a like a, a cultural loop that we can't break out of. Or not that we can't break out of, because that implies that it's impossible, but that we're almost like, it's almost suggested that we shouldn't, you know? Um, now, I'll be real with you. Having spent a lot of time camping as, as, a, as a youth, as a wee little lad, um, Living off the land to any degree is difficult. Like, it's work. And work is not bad. I, I really think that people should stop associating work or having to work hard for something with it being a bad thing or not worth the effort or whatever. Um, but it is work. You know, like, you are going to have to do something to get something out of it if you want to live off the land. Now, there are degrees to which you can live off the land, but the less money you have, the more work you're going to have to put in. Um, which is why I, I think also that there's that level of, you know, like incredulity that people have towards some of the wealthier millennials and some of the wealthier Gen Z's that say that they want to live off the land. Cause you're like, dude, shut up. You have enough money to like go buy a full ass, like self-sustaining cabin in the middle of the woods somewhere and like hire people out to go build you a fucking little like vegetable farm or some shit like that. Like you're never going to have a hard time by comparison to other people who don't have those kinds of resources, which whatever, if they do, and that's something they want to do, then whatever money be damned, build whatever you want, you know? Um, so long as you're not, you know, negatively contributing to the whole like social media, you know, like or the, the negative aspect of social media, because it's, it's stupid to claim that social media is 100% negative in every way, shape and form. Cause it's not, there are a lot of good things that come out of it. Unfortunately, I think there's just so much more bad that has been produced by social media than by good. Not that the goal was to outweigh one or the other. It's just a matter of ratios, you know? Um, and it's one of those things that I think burns people out, especially for like girls specifically that are like members of, of Gen Z. I think millennials, not so much anymore because they've kind of gotten old enough to the point where they've seen through the bullshit. But if you happen to be a youth and you're a Gen Zer and you're listening to this, or you have siblings that are Gen Z, don't forget to remind them that 
everything they see on Instagram is fake. Like when it comes to like the standards of beauty and body shape and stuff like that, that is a world of filters, editing, um, you know, very, very advanced camera techniques, um, you know, lighting that's complementary to the, the, the type of look that the person is trying to achieve. None of those people actually look like that in real life at all. If you want proof, look at tabloids of celebrities. The, the people who are undeniably, you know, by the public's own admission, the beautiful people. Um, look at them in tabloids. When they're dressed like you and me, they look like absolute dog shit. Which most of us look like dog shit all the time. That's normal. You're supposed to. That's what normal people look like. Normal people don't have access to beauticians and hairstylists and makeup artists and dietitians and personal chefs and three personal trainers who will give you a workout, you know, four hours a day, four or five days a week. So you're constantly in shape. We don't have access to that shit. If we want to look good, we have to put in a ton of effort. And you can tell. Like, you can really tell the people who put a lot of effort into their own appearance. And there's very few of them that do it and still come off as, like, genuinely normal, well-adjusted people. The rest of them just seem self-absorbed and genuinely just shitty people. Not that if you look good and you take care of yourself that that makes you a, a shitty person, but you, you, un- I hope you understand like the, the black and white aspect that I'm giving you there. Um, I kind of agree with, you know, with Mills that it, it might all stem from, from the cell phone. You know, if, if we would just put the freaking thing down and start to live in the present and not be so self-absorbed inside of the internet and social media and, you know, what they're telling us to buy and what, the ad agencies are telling us we should look like and what we should dress like and stuff like that, then everybody ends up looking the same, which a lot of them do. You really want to see that in action? Go on TikTok or Instagram Reels. Everybody looks the same. All these e-girls and girls that think that they're goth chicks and these dudes that, you know, are are trying to impress those girls because that's really at that age why you dress the way you do because you want to impress, the you know, the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on which way you swing, no matter. Um, they all end up looking the same. They all end up looking, and every generation does it. The 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now into the, you know, the, the, the 2020s, you know. Um, that's why occasionally when you run into people who have their own fashion sense or who have their own idea of what their own personal style should be, they stand out, you know. Um, I'll give you an example right now. I'm a shout out to, to you know, to a friend of mine, Yardley. Um only guy I know that can pull off completely dressing head to toe in like vintage Disney shit, you know, weirdest drip I've ever seen, but whatever the guy makes it happen, you know, it's what he's into. Fuck it. Who cares? You know, um, I knew a guy in high school back in like, Oh, five Oh six. That guy would just randomly show up to work. I mean, show up to school in a denim skirt and like a short one. He had boxer briefs underneath, but he would show up in a denim skirt. And I would ask him, I'm like, why the skirt? He's like, man, I just want to cool my balls off. And I would tell him, like, Marcus, you know kilts exist, right? Like, the, you can't get in trouble for the kilt. They've sent you to detention three times now for wearing a, a denim skirt. But whatever. He pulled it off to each his own. That guy still pulled girls. Didn't matter. Which is, again, that's what most of us were doing back then. We were dressing the way we were to attract the opposite sex. And in some cases, the same sex. Um... But again, circling back to, you know, to the original, the original core of the idea was why do people want to, like, why do millennials and, and, and Gen Z and stuff want to 
like move to the mountains. Every time I talk to somebody about that particular thing, that's the f- I just want to live in the mountains, bro, away from people. And it's like, yeah, but if we all want to go out there, none of us are going to be able to get away from each other. Or the people are just going to go and move to a new area. So it's like, you know, I was having, the, I think I was having this conversation with my parents when we went up to go visit them uh, last weekend was like, oh, you know, where would you, what's like a, uh, what's an out of the way place that you'd like to go to go visit or go live? And I remember saying like, man, I would love to go visit uh, Shoshone National Forest in Wyoming. You know, I think that, that place is beautiful. Um, I first learned about it recently when I was playing this video game called Firewatch, which if you're into video games and you haven't played it, I really highly suggest giving it a, a try. It's it's be- it's a beautiful game. Um, the aesthetics behind it, the color, like it, it's gorgeous. It's like it's like playing an art piece. It's amazing. Um, but it takes place in Shoshone National Forest in Wyoming, and I was like, bro, I want to live there. <laughs> like that's so it's beautiful. It's got canyons, it's got forests, it's got plains, it's got hills and mountains and fields. And like, even just talking about it now, I'm just like, I'm like, I've got like this daydreamy, like sing-songy, like vision in my head of the place. Um, but you know, like, if you, if that's something that you're considering, if you're listening to this podcast and that's something you want to do is like go back to living off the land or you just want to get away for a while, maybe don't make it into like a life choice. Maybe try vacationing there, you know? camping even if it's primitive camping go by yourself go with some friends rent a van whatever give it a shot and if you really want to take it up a notch put away your phone put away your phone cancel your cancel your cell phone subscription you know just don't don't need it you know i i don't think you need it just because realistically like like i was saying at the at the beginning of this whole you know subject thing was our parents did just fine without it they lived a whole ass life without having a cell phone in their pocket and they did just fine. They raised the majority of us without having access to the internet or without having a cell phone. And a lot of us came out decently for all of our faults, for our depression, for our ADHD, for our, you know, for our failures and things like that. Most of us came out decent people. You know, we say, please, we say, thank you. We open doors for people. We try to do good things. We try to be courteous to each other and, you know, check in on each other and we're cognizant of each other's mental health and all that stuff. Like, I think our parents raised, as far as the millennials are concerned, I think they raised a a, a half-decent generation for, you know, for all the shit we've had thrown at us since we were kids. Um, We've come out okay. I think so. And I don't don't think that there's anything wrong with us wanting to get back to the basics. But just don't do it so drastically, you know? Try it out first and see if it's something that works for you. And if it does, by all means, you know? Au revoir, au revoir, then. We'll see you out in the forest. And if not, man, it's okay. We'll see. We'll, you know, we'll see you someday. It's all right. But yeah, that's basically it. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there and got emotional. We're going to round out the show with a little bit of weird news that we found recently. And of course, it comes out of Florida. Thanks. Uh, and then, just like the last episode, we're going to get into your favorite. The Book of Questions. Anyways, weird news. So... This is an old segment that we used to do in some of our old episodes. So for you new listeners, welcome to the first weird news of the new format. So a little bit of background. In this segment, uh, I'm going to just share odd or strange weird news from around the world. Uh, Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's weird. But it's nothing really any of us take seriously. It's just something kind of lighten up the, uh, the back end of the show. So 
On March 25th of this year, 2021, the year of our Lord, a naked woman was found in a storm drain after being, quote, lost for three weeks in Delray Beach, Florida. All right. Now, according to the news article that we read, while she was at the hospital, she told the cops that she was swimming in a canal near her boyfriend's housing complex on March 3rd when she noticed a doorway near the shallow part of the canal. Naturally, she entered and noticed a tunnel. She claimed she can't see words sometimes don't work for me. She claims that she became curious to where the tunnel led and continued to follow it, presumably in some meth fueled version of Alice in Wonderland. At that point, the tunnel led to another tunnel and so forth and so on until she realized that she was completely and totally lost. The officers said that she told them at the hospital that she wandered around the tunnels for about 20 days until she saw some light and decided to sit down in the area where the light was because she found it, or sorry, because she found that that area, she could see people walking by it. While the woman apparently appeared lucid after she was rescued, according to officers, they said they weren't really sure how accurate her retelling of the events are. Now, I know what you're thinking. How the hell could someone be down there for two or three weeks with no food or water. And the gentleman who wrote this article from, um, I think was uh, Click Orlando is the name of the website, which we're going to link that in the show notes for you, said, quote, for someone to be down there for two or three weeks, there's some skepticism, especially if somebody's not having an adequate amount of liquid to drink or food to eat. So it'd be really difficult to survive down there but that's what she's telling officers right now, and that's all we have to go on unless we find the information or any other means of disproving that, and that's where we are at this point. So, a little treat for you. We found the 911 call, and we're going to add the recording of the 911 call um, in the show notes. All right? Uh, I'm going to talk to Mills and see if there's any way that we can maybe put a snippet of it um, on Instagram for you. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. Who knows? We'll take a look. Otherwise, you can go to the show notes and listen to it if you're interested in listening to this meth-fueled romp through the the sewers of South Florida, but I'm pretty sure drugs had something to do with this. So, you know, that's a thing. Anyways, moving on to the final segment of the show, folks. We're going to be talking about the book of questions. My favorite, your favorite. It is not the Book of Eli. That was a movie with Denzel Washington. How dare you compare him to me? <laughs> I am a much better actor. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's find a new question before we uh, close out the show. Here we go. There's got to be something around here. I know I highlighted some stuff. Let's see. Give me a second. Hold on. There's some decent stuff in here. Let's see. Hmm. Come on. Ha, okay. Here we go. All right. What was your most enjoyable dream and your worst nightmare? Hmm. Well, my most enjoyable dream. I think, I mean, like, I've had other enjoyable dreams, but they're really emotional, and I don't want to get into those right now. Um, But the most, like, harmless, non-emotional dream I've had that was super enjoyable... It was, I want to tell you, it was like, man, I've had it a couple times. I think the most recent time I had it was last year, like in the middle of like the full ass lockdown or like you could barely even leave your house. Um, And 
I had this dream where I was running through this field behind my grandparents' old house. And like, I've been to that field as an adult and it's obviously not as big as I remember it because I was a child when, you know, when I used to hang out there. But in my mind, this field was enormous and the grass was beautiful and tall and green. And I mean tall, like think like the Windows XP background tall, like the, the green hill thing. And I was just running through this field with the wind blowing in my face. And I like I was running, but like obscenely fast, like like the way the flash runs in Justice League, where like he's only ever running on like his tippy toes and he always looks like he's going to fall forward. It was like that where like I was almost floating off the ground how fast I was running, but it was just endless like and the scenery changed. But it just felt like it went on forever. And I was like, it felt like freedom. And I think maybe that's what that's what it was um, at the time. Like, that's why I had the dream was because of the whole like pandemic lockdown thing that my brain was like, you need to escape somehow. So this is how we're going to do it. I've had the dream before. Like I said, I just, you know, that was the most recent time. And it's really enjoyable. Like I wake up feeling really good from that dream. And my worst nightmare. I've had some recurring nightmares, not lately. Um, I think the most recent nightmare I had was maybe like three or four weeks ago. I don't remember what it was. I think like my teeth exploded out of my face. I don't remember. Um, but my worst nightmare that I can remember. Fuck, that was rough. Um, I think my worst nightmare that I can remember was like a few years ago. I think it was like a, a dream that turned into a nightmare. I was like in the parking lot of like a mini mall at night. And it had just rained, and I remember I could smell, like, you know that smell after it rains, like wet concrete? I know there's a name for it. It's like some specific, bacteri- some specific bacteria that produces that smell. But I got into, like, an argument with somebody in the parking lot, and the guy wanted to fight me, and I was like, I'm not going to fight you, dude. I'm going home. And the guy, like, got in front of my car door and pulled out a, a knife and just started chasing me. Like, we were playing, like, Ring Around the Rosie around the fucking car, and I was trying to, like, escape. But it was like my my body lost control of my legs. Like, I, I, looked, I felt like a newborn baby calf. I could barely stand. I couldn't run right. And it was just like, I, this guy's going to stab me for sure. And I was fucking terrified of getting stabbed. Uh, there's this comedian, Nick Swartzen, that has like a skit about the difference in getting shot and stabbed. And he's like, when you get shot, it just happens like, bam. And you're like, Oh my God, my, I just got shot. But he's like, when you, when you get stabbed, you're there for the whole thing. You're like, yeah. And then, Oh my God, I just got stabbed. It's coming back. And then like, they stab you again and (laughs) you have to just be there for the whole thing. And like, thankfully in the nightmare, I didn't get stabbed, but I feel like the thought of almost getting stabbed in my dreams and I could just barely escape. Like every time I would circle or like try to juke the the guy with the knife, he'd get like a little bit closer. It was like a really shitty serial killer. Um, and I just woke up like in a cold sweat and I had to like go take a shower and like change and stuff. It was, it was rough. Uh, I think it might've been like right around the time that we moved into this house. Um, or like the couple weeks before I was just like, I don't know, maybe it was like the way my brain was processing the stress of you know being a first-time homeowner and all that shit but like what a weird way to process the stress like you're gonna get stabbed in a parking lot of a mini mall so you know that was uh that was really fun but we're gonna put that question on instagram for you guys so that you can participate and tell us what was your most enjoyable dream and your words nightmare that being said though folks thank you for listening to another episode of the dairy aisle we're glad you're able to join us or at least me 
every other week as we discover a cool p- and the producer. She has a you know shout out there for the lady that keeps our show going. Um, all as always, please stay tuned to the Instagram for more information on all things Dairy Isle from current episodes, episode content, and the occasional sneak peek into upcoming episodes. Uh, if you want to find the Dairy Isle on the Instagram, on the Instagram, there you go. See, I converted from millennial to boomer. Uh, if you want to find us on Instagram, you can just go to Instagram.com slash the Dairy Isle or just search us on Instagram at the Dairy Isle. If you want to find me on Instagram, well, get fucked. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm kidding. I'm on there as Grumpy Eli. Uh, I know I don't sound grumpy, but my face naturally makes me look like I'm constantly upset at just about everything on planet Earth. Uh other than that, I think that's going to be about it. I think we can wrap it up. So, folks, the store is closing. Please take all your purchases to the front. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm really sorry about that, okay? But I love you. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I'm glad that this episode came out so much better than the last one. We're, I'm, getting, I'm getting a handle on this. I'm getting a little bit better, okay? I love you guys. Bye. Aha! See? I told you she was going to show up one day. But you people didn't listen. Ah, 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 ah. Ah, peace out, losers. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>